Welcome to the Kink Sense Podcast. You know what? We're just going to get right into it. Anal beads, are they problematic? <laughs> Elise, your thoughts? Only when they help you cheat at chess. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now, we've been gone a while. You guys don't know because we've been gone since the last episode you listened to, but it has been an interesting few weeks. We did everything from... Um, absorbing influenza A and being completely bodied in bed on bed rest for a week straight um, mm-hmm. to almost nuking our power dynamic to attending <laughs> orgies to going on cute dates to yeah all the things yeah I gave a recital somewhere in there like it's been we had a uh, a really lovely queer Friendsgiving oh yeah that yeah. was very poly yeah um, and got sick immediately after yeah um sort of during really glad we didn't make any of our guests sick any of our guests yeah Yeah. um (laughs) i know i know i was really grateful about that too uh so today going oh yeah that's another thing i am off nicotine for like a week and a half now i know i'm not vaping while we do this podcast yeah so hopefully my volume will be a little bit more consistent but this podcast is a massive trigger for me so we are going to <laughs> in terms of smoking yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um well you know what else has become more consistent what now that you aren't vaping what your mood yeah that's the amazing thing to me is like this little thing that we would never have diagnosed is like fucks with dopamine so fucking hard yeah i think my well my dopamine's in kind of like a a more of a fragile state because of um like the way my hormones work and and um kind of the absence of testosterone and and the the way the rest of my meds work and so i didn't realize that like cutting out that abrupt spike in Mm -hmm. dopamine that nicotine gives you would actually help me level things out a little bit more but So far, it's been great. I don't want to just think that that's the problem being solved. Right now, I really want to smoke. Yeah, no. It's not going to happen. I threw that shit away. We're powering through. But enough about my (laughs) nicotine addictions, or lack thereof. We will see. Um, Today, we're going to talk about poly shit. Yeah, that's a a piece of our world um, that we're... We haven't really spent a lot of time talking about on the podcast. No, no, we haven't. I thought this was a kink podcast. Mm, It is, but we're going to talk about this um and it sort of relates to kink so like a quick disclaimer like we don't technically i don't technically practice what i would consider polyamory because of our dynamic Mm -hmm. um because of like my dating life um is restricted in a in a way that is amazing and affirming um but like i wouldn't i wouldn't consider like polyamorous to where like in that like equitable um non-hierarchical way that that a lot of folks who um ascribe to poly definitely prefer it's right? not poly in the sense that like it's it's still a fucking kink dynamic and the other person can't quite consent to that so i always preface when i'm like yeah that's a good like way to with describe people it. like this isn't technically like it's still related to my your ownership of me like and so that's like not something I would put technically as poly, but we still date around. Like yeah. you, yeah, I have a great fucking deal of freedom when I behave. Um, <laughs> and um, um, you, I would consider polyamorous. 
Yeah, I mean, based on based on the um, the power exchange that we have negotiated, that like I have all the freedom in the world yeah. to date yeah. and develop relationships, and you do not. Um, yours are, is a little bit more restricted, only because I I have um, um, generally speaking more um, decision making power. And skill. <laughs> um, we're going to talk about poly shit because I do have a ton of experience in yes. this world. And so like non-monogamy. We we're talking about non-monogamy. And, all, and I think that poly fits in. I, I find it really interesting to engage in conversations with people about like, well, how do you do non-monogamy? Because every relationship sort of is managing it differently. There's no one way to do non-monogamy. Agreed. Um, where there's like set expectations when you're in a monogamous relationship that um, whether you've agreed to it or not, chances are the people in the in the relationship assume it's at play. Right, like you haven't explicitly like identified, but there's an assumption that you're like not sleeping with other people by default, right? When oh, you're well, what the baseline is in a relationship in monogamy. If you're going steady. If you're going with steady, boy, you um, stop dating other people completely. Um, and for some people, that means like you don't even talk to other. That <laughs> shit is fucking toxic. No, yeah. I'm not down with that. Like I'm, 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 and I'm not gonna put that on like a. Everybody has their own thing going on. No, no. Unless you're in like an extreme ownership kink, which then I'll give you some leeway. <laughs> um, but in a regular mon monogamous relationship, you should be able to fucking talk to people. I know. Um, that's just being a human being. Um, but it's interesting because um, we're talking about like the complexity in the mall and where's the food court and shit. But non-monogamy still feels super intuitive. And almost kind of simple, where I feel like if if mm. um, you're just sort of anchored by, or in my experience, I like I'm anchored by kind of like just these sort of like pillars in my head that hold the foundation of everything up that just makes sense to me. What are those pillars? Um, God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> um, I I don't believe in restricting um the partners and experiences and the the um. The other things that other people can give the people that I love. Mm -hmm. um, I think at the end of the day, that is way more important than the the discomfort and the insecurity of like, but you're not gonna forget about me, right? Mm -hmm. Like, which I think is at the heart of what a lot of a lot of us are working through when we, we struggle with it. But yeah. Um, and then I also like I'm I don't like being fucking restricted, which is interesting, considering. I know this was the part where when we were first negotiating our um, power exchange um, was sort of like, so I remember the beginning of it being, we didn't start with like, you're not allowed to date. Like it was about um, like we would enjoy a certain level of a power exchange. And when you were dating, like that would sort of disappear because I was like, I don't feel the right to like it. I I feel like it's harder for me to access this like um, power that I feel in our relationship when I'm like um, managing my insecurities <laughs> um, and um, or 
like worrying about the ethics of that mm-hmm. right um and like worrying about what this like when this other person doesn't know that that's kind of fluctuating on and off in our dynamic like that doesn't feel fair yeah and it, it was like the single i mean it, we had a shared definition of like in an ownership like you know we like kind of pushing limits and kind of making it more restrictive we both like were stimulated by that idea and dating yeah, being hot. restricting was like definitely a thing that was super hot about it but also conflicted with pillars i had so that was the biggest thing i would say for the longest time of why we didn't mm-hmm. become a 24 7 thing earlier like when we tried initially and had kind of a false start around something and i still had wild oats to sew <laughs> <laughs> and um eventually came back to it um and i don't know i had time and, and priorities needed, change and yeah and i think i needed you to go no, I'm okay with that. Like, yeah, I, I yeah. want that. Yeah. As opposed to me saying, you have to do this, yeah. right? Because it, that didn't feel, even though we're in a power, like a power exchange dynamic, I didn't, I'm, it's still consensual. Like, I'm not, I'm not here to, te- like, force that on you. I just want to forget that it's consensual. Yeah, I know. Um. <laughs> You're like, stop talking about the consensual part of it. Before we met, how did you know that that like ENM or poly or whatever felt right to you? So I, I that was always kind of what I wanted to do, and for the longest time I thought it was wrong or something like degenerates did or like um, mm. like uh, it made you a bad partner or whatever. And then I remember getting like exposed to some sort like if it was books or like movies or whatever and you just sort of had like queer alternative people that were just kind of all enmeshed in like like no, yeah it's, like, it's not, much not enmeshed, more normalized like, i would yeah. say in queer and i was like that's that's what's up um mm-hmm. and but but still kind of finding myself in monogamous um relationships early on and um getting some some reps in with um cheating and being cheated on (laughs) and um uh i had for a while not not been able to find um partners that were open to that and then started finding people that that were um but so yeah i mean i had a kind of an open relationship when i was i think 17 or so um then got into another relationship that was not and ended, ended up getting fucking married and Mm-hmm. sleepwalking for years um but that's a story for another time um but coming out of that i i sort of made like this like just like there was just sort of this certainty of like i'm not doing monogamy like anymore mm-hmm. like i it's not how i want to live my life it's never felt right to me and i had learned what polyamory was in like during my marriage because mm-hmm. like i i had always felt that way Mm-hmm. I just never had the language for it. Yeah. And so, like, you've seen Hamilton where he's like, I didn't know that was something a person could do. Yeah. Like that. <laughs> it was it was that sort of moment. And um, yeah. then just kind of like got on Reddit and all this reading and shit and um, kind of listening to people talk about it. Everybody argue about what unicorn hunting and shit is. And yeah. Learning kind of the ins and outs and what um, year how annoying say... poly people are. <laughs> what um, year? Like what year? Not like how old you were, but like. When I considered myself polyamorous? Yeah. 
when did I get divorced? <laughs> uh, no, it was before I got divorced, but it was as that was ending. I would say 2018, maybe. Okay. 2017. But yeah. Again, sort of had experience with open relationships and non-monogamy and shit before yeah. that. Um, yeah. But yeah, for me, it just, it makes um, a, a lot of sense. It um, There's something about my ADD brain where I feel like... Um, you know, I don't. I don't want to totally like liken like human beings to just like serving my need for like constant novelty and stimulus. Um, but like that's at play a little bit mm-hmm. in terms of like um, being able to switch up contexts. And there's something I really, really enjoy about being able to to go from context to context to context and to be able to fit mm-hmm. into that context and for it to feel like non spoon depleting. Like you, there's all these like rooms and like little lily pads that you you um, can go to that I, I really enjoy. Yeah, so tell, what do you, what do you... Rooms and lily pads. Yeah, I, it, For me, it's that. just like a way of like um, conceptualizing with like a picture in my head of like what it feels like, um, what my sort of one-on-one space with one partner feels like versus um, the way it feels like with another. And for some reason, the way that I've always looked at um, the relationships that I I keep, um, I've always thought of like it's just me and this person on a lily pad, mm-hmm. um, where like there's no other outside thing, like it's just us. It's it's this context of us here on on this lily pad, and then um, so my relationship with another person would be on a separate lily pad, mm-hmm. um, and so like lily pad hopping. Um, or, or rooms is kind of a similar, um, similar metaphor where each room feels a little bit different, but each room has, um, its own personality and its own, um, like life to it. Mm-hmm. Um, its own culture. And they're all rooms that I like going to. <laughs> um, yeah. So silly metaphor stuff that, that is fun to think about. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's how you've always talked to them. And I, I think you're particularly good at being able to, like, be on that lily pad and be present on that lily pad, like, in that relationship yeah. without, like, and uh, and in a sort of protected way and then sort of, like, shift gears and, like, really be present in another, in another space and another relationship where you've, I think people feel... I suspect I felt this way, but like um, the the person across from you feels like they have your full attention when you're when you're in that space with them. Yeah. Um, and I don't I don't feel as good at that. Um, only because I like can get in my head about like worrying, like how is my partner doing right now oh there's my... plenty of that too yeah sure i think there's a ton of that in poly of, of worrying yeah like, yeah but like but... even before like before um um my marriage ended that would like kind of throw me off right like when i was out dating and having to you know worry about it it's just like something like it's the people pleaser in me that i'm like is everybody okay and can get kind of like worried about is everybody okay um but it's just something that I admire about the way that you are can be present and feel present. 
I'd always been in, I definitely like dated around um, and had kind of um, like swung pendulum back and forth between chasing people who were avoidantly attached and uh, unavailable, so to speak, emotionally unavailable, non-committal. I think there's a lot of people that can relate yeah. to that. Chasing and feeling like my entire self-worth was organized around their their interest in me in my early 20s. And then, um, and then being the other side of that coin for other people where they I would suddenly feel like they were chasing me and I was like oh gross get away right like in sort of finding this sort of space um you just think oh those are the two modalities yeah like I just didn't I just didn't know like I hadn't I hadn't been in a relationship where in at that point in my life that wasn't either like 100% codependent or at either of those like extreme poles um, and so um, when I was finally like in a committed relationship and uh, getting married and um, that was when I first came across a an article in like the New Yorker or like something along those lines that talked about um, non-monogamy. And I was like, uh, what? What? Like my brain just like kind of couldn't let it go. And I was like, that's not like that wouldn't feel good to a partner to suddenly be like. So I remember sort of floating it like I read this article like (laughs) and um, and just trying to get a sense of like and my my spouse at the time was like uninterested entirely, like just didn't didn't bite. And um, and I and I wasn't even willing to like. Um, uh, own it enough to take my own curiosity about it seriously. Um, and then it wasn't until later when my uh, my spouse was um, going through their own journey around gender and sexuality that made us start to have conversations about opening up our uh, monogamous marriage um that I started doing reading and I started reflecting and I started remembering times back in fucking like middle school and high school where I like had a crush on um, fucking him's email oh so- <laughs> hey ed I was like oh there's an email I wonder if it's like a professor or something let me make sure it's fucking hymns. <laughs> All right. Sorry. Okay. Continue. Um, I I just I was I would re- kind of remember these experiences of like in high school I had a very very serious boyfriend or you know at the time, and then ended up like developing a crush on somebody who, like me and all of my it was like a friend thing like we all took this so we were all seniors and we all took this sophomore to, to prom together like there's this whole it was like six girls and we took this like young boy who was just like probably felt like the luckiest fucking dude in the world but we all took him to prom and I think we all had a crush on him and it just felt sort of like fun and a playful thing we all did and had together and it was sort of a funny precursor to like oh that's what it could feel like when you share interest in somebody with somebody else or 
And then I remember like my boyfriend came home from college and I was like, oh my God, I totally have a crush on Carlos. And, um, and my boyfriend was like, what? And I was like, oh, am I, is that not okay? Like there was just this like, oh, you're not going to share the way that I've been like, like geeking out. I thought you'd be happy about this. Yeah. Like, like, yeah. I was like geeking out with my like best friend, Megan, about like both of us having a crush on Carlos. And then I was like, I thought my boyfriend would also be like, oh, that's so cute and cool. And that was not the vibe. Um, And and so realizing like, oh, this is not okay. And sort of shutting it down. Um, and, um, and then developing like over the course of all my other relationships, like having crushes on people that were like really serious and hard, but not feeling the right to it and being like, I'm, must be a bad person. Yeah. And that's, that's the fucking, I think. But, um, there's, there's this thing of, it makes sense when I do it. It's not okay when you do it. Right. That can show up. Talking about my father. (laughs) Um, where, where it's like, it's, well, it's natural for me to have crushes on people, but when you do it, that means there's something wrong with me and I am terrified, right? Like that there's that, that you're going to leave me, right? That there's this like this space of like, no, I had like, this makes all the sense logically in the world, but then it triggers all of this attachment, um, insecurity and panic and because there's no especially in monogamy there's like no structure around this is well, a how dig do you make at me about my hard time with overnights <laughs> it's not i have i struggled too i mean we've had this whole thing where i felt like early early on you i would go on date and and very like like contained like an yeah. iron like but i would you know i would be struggling and um and it would feel scary and um and then feeling like god i wish i could do that for you what you have been able to do for me which is just like be excited for me and um and it's i feel like i've gotten better and better at that where like that's shifted for me significantly yeah um, whereas I had, you were going, you were doing overnights, um, because of your relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Because of your, because of your living situation. Like I've just used, I've had more experience with you on overnights than, um, than you have had with me. I have had zero experience with you in overnights. That's I've true. had experience with overnights. There we go. But you, the experiences you've had with your partners on overnights have we're, been traumatizing sort of, yeah traumatic it was at the end of a, a relationship where somebody was kind of just like not giving a shit about me anymore and not communicating yeah it wasn't it wasn't poly as much as it was like i'm shopping for a new person but was not presented that way and just like the the communication like you just got the impression this person does not give a shit and they're slowly more and more not giving a shit they're not worried um, about your anxiety around this yeah, yeah, yeah. like yeah. they're hardening their heart a bit too. And worried about my anxiety doesn't mean drop what you're doing and come here and tend to my needs no sure. you have every right in the world to, mm-hmm. to go out and and be with who you're going to be with but like there's a way to still um, find a space with your partner where you can try to be um, supportive and help them work through that mm-hmm. and like that was missing yeah so like it, and it was never about like get home please it was just more like i need you to see me i need like, you to and, hold yeah. space for me yeah, when you yeah. do get home yeah 
to, so that I feel safe yeah. at the at the end of the day. Um, I think a lot of people in poly can relate to that, to, to yeah. needing that. Um, yeah, I think there's a lot of mis... Um, yeah, I follow a lot of uh, like poly content creators on Instagram and, and, and Facebook and things like that. Um, poly content creators. You know. That's a vibe. E- well, um, yeah. I mean, but it's like also part of how you like... Um, or like on re- like subreddits and things like that where you get to read about other people's experiences or um, and I you know there's a lot of um, I think false assumptions when you begin this process that like you're not allowed to like you're bad at this if you're jealous or if you have envy or FOMO or something like if you're activated at all by your partner dating um, then um you're doing something wrong versus like no it's just another feeling that you're gonna have and that's okay um and you process it the same way you would process any feeling but it it you also have to like you know be able to discern um with some amount of clarity and i think it takes a lot of practice to figure this out that there's a difference between um i'm having a feeling and um, something needs to change. What was I talking about? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, you were talking about um, yeah, no feeling. Um, God, fuck. So in and in not the destroy, context not blow of, shit up. Oh my god. In the context of kink, feeling like safe that like I can bring shit up and and they're not going to necessarily change the dynamic. I still have the safety of like this is still gonna be here. I get to have feelings. Um, yeah. 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 So. I think that's um, an important distinction to make on both ends because for a lot of people, the safety of being able to bring stuff up comes from mm-hmm. knowing you're not going to race home and try to tend to my needs. Knowing yeah. that like I'm not, I'm not, it's not going to ripple that much up because I don't want to disrupt what's going on. I want to be able to have feelings and like be seen and communicate. Mm-hmm. Um, but but to to know that like I'm not, like rupturing sort of what is going on um yeah so nerd out moment if, yeah. if i can like this is what you just described is like part of um an attachment cycle right which is that like in order to be a um like experience a relationship as a as a safe haven so to speak like you have to trust that you're as the partner going out to explore that it's safe to go out and explore right that there isn't too much anxiety on the part of your partner that you don't feel like you can leave them because things will be un like unknown uncertain when you get back it's safe and consistent enough to go out and explore but that also when if you were to get upset if somebody were to get upset that when um they come back into relationship that the other person can be a container for that upsetness without it getting too big right or for it to get shut down so i have to trust that one i can go out and explore and i can let you go out and explore but that when one of us gets upset the other person isn't gonna like um make it worse with their own experience or their own feelings and that you can like listen and 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 be in attendance well, space. to that. Nobody, nobody goes for like the red button. Like like everybody right. can sort of Otherwise, trust that like you can put shit out there. Yeah. And the room isn't going to explode. Right. Uh-huh. Right. Because otherwise, if I think that like um, you 
if every time I talk to you about a feeling that I'm having, you like, well, what does that mean about me? And how do I, like, if you get like really big about it, now I'm like, well, I'm less likely to tell you how I feel because when I talk to you about how I feel, um, it gets scary or it gets overwhelming. Conditioning 101 of like, now I have that association with like, it not being okay and there being all this drama mm-hmm. around me bringing stuff up. So, no, I'm not going to want to fucking bring it up. Like, and I think sometimes people talk about, like, um, like people pleasing in that context of, like, you know, oh, you've you've lied to me when maybe what's really happening is that, like, as a partner, I haven't made um, the space for you to feel like you can bring your feelings and thoughts up. There's a balance to that because you can use that logic to sort of be like, oh, always. Well, I, I don't need to be accountable for any time I lie then because you didn't create a space no. to where. <laughs> like, <laughs> I know, yeah, but I always. agree. I agree. That's that's yeah. a component. Like, and that's something that people do need to keep in mind because you can't have a, a consistently um, an environment where your partner clearly does not feel safe to bring up mm-hmm. having feelings and then wonder or share anything with you because you're like, I don't know. Just completely victimize yourself I'm for being scared. lied to. It's like, of course you were fucking lied to. They were scared to tell you the truth. Yeah. And it, lying is not ideal in a fucking relationship. I get yeah. it. But like you also should have a read on, on what your partner's traumas, trauma responses are. And if they are likely to shy away and like how, how do I create an environment where you feel like you can approach me? Yeah. And that it's okay for you. I have, it's my responsibility as your partner to say, um, I can be approachable when you've made a mistake. Yeah. That I'm not going to like blow your shit up when you, you've you made, you, you've you done a behavior you regret and you, you need to talk to You the box on that, thank God. Because <laughs> I make plenty of mistakes. Um. <laughs> well, yeah, we're a human. I do too. Um, so then- like, I think we've talked a little bit about, like, Polly's hard and that there is, there's benefits, there's challenges. Scheduling. So much fucking scheduling. <laughs> yeah, that's the that's the joke is, like, the Google calendar. It's real. Like, you're, it's, you know, you have real. a polycule when everybody, when everybody has <laughs> each other's Google calendar. It's like, well, if it's stimulus you want, Ori, here you go. Like, like, <laughs> oh, my God. So how do you define serious romantic relationship? Fuck you. <laughs> with the question. I asked it first. Um, so I, I, I would say <clears throat> you and I kind of got to like this definition of like a relationship escalator sort of um, incorporated to where it's like when it's serious because romantic is one thing. Mm-hmm. But when it's when it's serious, quote unquote, um, there's um an increased amount of time spent there is um there's expectation around there's, time yeah spent. there's expectation around an increased amount of time there's expectation around your partner sort of um being accountable somewhat for your well-being um and there's expectation around i don't know a certain amount of i'm this person can meet my needs and like that's that's a and that you're invested in meeting theirs yeah yeah, yeah. Um, that's when I would say things get into we're in like relationship escalator serious mm-hmm. territory. Yeah. Um, and that's not how we have the other relationships that we care about right now. I mean, like there's aspects of that. There's people whose whose well being I care about I'm not responsible for and I can't be accountable or responsible for. Mm-hmm. Um 
but and especially with stuff like time like i have like hard limits i had a, a relationship recently i had to hold boundaries on and they didn't handle it well mm-hmm. um and um i had to just sort of end it because like neither person was having a good time at that point anymore and it sucks to have to like hold those but you have to have some sort of self-awareness of like what i can and can't a lot right now yeah. and giving them that information so they can make choices too yeah, I think that's that's the piece. What you just named is, um, for me, what I appreciate so much about Polly um, in terms of like, yeah, we all have crushes on people. Let's just assume that that's true for everybody, so. right? <laughs> and um, But whether or not – but like that doesn't mean you have the skill to engage in relationship with other pe- with multiple people. Right. Just because you like want to have sex with multiple people doesn't mean you have the skill to communicate about what your needs yeah. are, what your boundaries are, what you what you're capable and of. If you don't just have sex with multiple people, <laughs> assuming they also just want to have sex. Um, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> no, I, but I think that there's a that there's a skill that I've been working on developing, which is like, can I say the part out loud? about what I what might be present in the room or what what I might want before I start assuming you're going to meet my invisible expectations. Yeah. Right? Uh, that like I'm not I'm not if I haven't expressed to you that this is an expectation or a desire or a need, I I don't feel like I have the right to go you've hurt my feelings because I haven't told you what I wanted. Like I haven't, and you haven't had that right or the, um, you haven't been given the opportunity to say, I could do that or I can't do that. And you should like look someplace else for getting that need met. Um, Let's say for me, I'm interested in somebody where I would like to have daily communication with them. Right. That 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 would be important to me based on like um, what would feel safe or comfortable or like that's sort of where I'm at. And um, and they I have not said that out loud. I have not said like, hey, I would like what what are your expectations around how often we communicate and what would feel good to you? And I would really like I'm really interested in you and I would I can I feel myself wanting to like be in touch with you every day and is that possible in the context of like both of us dating other people or even if we're not dating other people um and if I haven't had that conversation about what are you capable of what does communication look like for you when you're dating somebody um then um but I just assume that you're going to share my definition that you're going to share my expectations don't do that People, don't fucking do that. People, Why do people do that? People do that all the time. That's so arrogant. But it's but it's it's not arrogant. It's probably like the default. But you're supposed to learn to not do that by like eighth grade. Like there's lots of people who. I mean, your dad for one. So yeah, there's but um. It's not a real human being though. Um. <laughs> uh, so there's but I think like as an example that I would if I'm gonna then have my feelings hurt right because like I want more contact from somebody and I haven't said it that I want more contact from somebody I have a right I have a couple choices I could um assume that if they're not in contact with me in the way that I want then they don't want it 
And so I'm going to pull back. And there's no conversation that's happened, right? I'm going to, and that would be avoidant attachment. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm, <laughs> I'm, that's ringing a bell. I'm very good at that, I, where I'm yeah, like, same. I think I'm reading the room. And so I'm going to pull back on my, mm, I don't, mm. yeah. and then, and um, then they don't chase, and you're like, now I feel sad. Or um, like, I guess I was right, you know. And, yeah, 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 but when yeah, yeah. you date other people with avoidant attachment, you're both just like yep. <laughs> growing farther yep. and farther apart because yep. like nowhere, nobody's willing to be vulnerable and take the risk. That's a skill I have had to fucking work <laughs> on, especially in like the last, is like getting a handle on the avoidantness. You've, um, yeah, you've gotten a lot better. It's like, because for a defense mechanism. You fucking ghost hard when as as like a as a defense mechanism yeah if i'm insecure about somebody being interested i i pull back or if um you feel overextended if i feel overextended i i pull back um it happens at different levels it can happen like just in sort of like this flirty like i think i might like this person face it can happen in the relationship it can happen yeah. Yes. Um, it happens with you sometimes and not in the same in instance. You ghost of, me? <laughs> no, but there's times where I like pull back and I'm looking for you to. Oh, for sure. To to call it out. And that shit is fucking toxic a little bit. Yeah. Um, And so like, yeah. And in, in like the last month, especially on a lot of different levels, I've been trying to work on reeling that in because it's not getting me no. anything. No, it doesn't get you what you want. Right, because you're not saying it out. You're not saying that part out loud. Yeah. And I think that's a that's such an important skill. And and it's scary. It's always scary to say w what you want or what you might need um, or think you need. Um, not really a difference there. But um, I think um, for me, being able to learn to say um, – like oh so an example in our in our uh relationship here's another example that's like very specific right which is like the first time we were scheduled we were like we'd been dating but we'd never like been alone in a room together like we'd been in cars and like we'd made out a bit but like we hadn't been able to be like physically intimate in private and I think so, we said I love you before, before yeah thought. yeah we did yeah. classic yeah uh, <laughs> and so. We had like a hotel room <laughs> like booked and we had like a date where we were going to like go and we had like four hours to play. And um, and then your partner at the time had got the COVID vaccine and you or was scheduled to that day. And so you called me to be like, hey, I know this isn't like this might not feel good, but I just need to be like clear up front that like if I, it's probably going to be fine. But if she really is having a hard time, then I'm going to need to cancel and be able to take care of her. Because if like this falls apart, like if, you know, if like she's has to come home and need to be taken care of like that, yeah. I have to do that. Yeah. Um, and um, my first pass at a response was like, yeah, cool. And then nothing for like, like the next like three hours as I like processed all of my hurt feelings and like I even cried about it because in my head I was like I'm so ready for this like move forward in our relationship that the idea of this being like put off at all is just makes me really sad and it wasn't ever about like like obviously of course you take care of your partner if they're sick like if you need to do that you do that yeah but it was still hard 
but it was still hard, right? It's not. It's not about being selfish. It's not about you like disregard for that. Really, it's just, it's just it's still fucking hard because like you want yeah this to happen. So I could have just had been butthurt about it, right, and then not told you, but you knew. You knew that like I was something was like that I was having feelings, and then I... Yeah, after the third hour. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's how often we were in touch. Um, so then so then there's this, there's this experience of me kind of, like, working through my feelings and then being able to... This is the benefit of, I think... You sent me a voice message. Relationship through voice messages. You get to, like, practice and think about what you're going to say. Or and don't. Then... <laughs> that makes for interesting voice messages, too. But um, in this case... But in this case, I was able to, like, say and be like, hey... I like I'm going to say this thing and it's hard and I like I don't need you to do anything about it but I just want you to know where where I'm at. And I was able to explain like I I think you're making absolutely the right call here. Um I totally respect it. I think it's like it's totally it's okay that you're doing this. Also, I'm going to be really sad if that happens and I might need some space to be sad. Um, but you, again, you've done nothing wrong and I just want that to be clear. So you're not surprised when I have, if I have feelings about this and I, I what was your response? Was so fucking impressed and reassured. And like in that moment, like I was just like, I, okay, we've got like the, the basis for like long-term success. Like this has confirmed that like in, Mm. because like that being able to step up in that moment. Even four times out of ten, like it's fucking massive, and that was like, uh, yeah, and I can I can match that. Yeah, I think he said something like, "Thank you so much." Like this is like big girl shit. Yeah, because <laughs> what you yeah, said, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. it is, it that... is big girl shit in terms of like being able to to in that moment take up space. Yeah, and and like be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. and um, articulate complex feelings in a complex situation and yeah. just not know how I'm going to respond because you didn't have a backlog of me like being able to take your feelings and being like, hey, this is safe and just putting it no. the fuck out there. I didn't know if you were going to be upset. That was the biggest or... girl shit. Like, yeah. And then, yeah, I think it was like, yeah, thank you so much for telling me. Like, that's big girl shit. Not a problem at all. All, all the space and I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I think that that was that was a helpful thing. But I but I all of that to say that I think is one of the most important skills that I've been practicing and and working on developing um, to navigate non-monogamy is being able to know like, okay, which of these are my feelings and which are things that I want need to say, like, hey, can we do this differently next time? Or like I didn't know. This was something I was going to feel this way about, but now I do. And so I'm going to say it. Or I know this in advance. So instead of judging you for not meeting my needs that I did not communicate to you about, I'm going to um, I'm gonna try to say that stuff out loud when I have it. And it's, I, I don't do it perfectly and I don't. Um, I sometimes it's like three days later. <laughs> this is your experience of like, I will yeah, find out how delay. Elise really feels like three days later because the first pass is like, I'm fine. I'm I am bulletproof. 
nothing bothers me because I have like too many fucking years under my belt of trying to be like the cool girl who doesn't who's chill and doesn't have feelings and isn't too much in a relationship yeah where I'm like cool whatever you yeah. know you do well, you you've said like you, there's even times where you don't realize like you're not totally oh yeah like in terms of oh, I'm dissociating because it's such like a yeah well no but not intentionally we all no. fucking do it yeah 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 where I'm just like yeah yeah I'm fine until I am very much not fine um, we didn't stay on poly shit at all this is still this is poly applicable shit. to poly shit this is poly yeah, shit it's like communication and poly shit yeah I don't know I think like w- yeah okay cool we like date other people and we fuck other people but like you can do that poorly yeah. or you can do that with skill. And I think for me, the goal is to like just continue to grow in my skill so that people experience whether a relationship grows, plateaus, or de escalates. That, like, for Fingers me, I am <laughs> for, I'm sorry. For me, it's like food. at the end of a, re- and I don't always get this right, but at the end of like whatever journey I've gone on with somebody, that like we, can feel like we learn I, I can feel like I learned something um at the very least or that we can like walk away going like cool this didn't work but you're a cool person and I'm really glad I met you and blah 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 now of course if they're a total asshole then that's not the experience you have but no. that's like my um setting boundaries learning how to communicate fucking, yeah uh setting an environment where somebody feels comfortable enough being able to yeah. Share their shit. Yeah. Um, meeting people where they're at. And yeah. Always afraid of overnights. Yeah. Where would you say your growth edge is? Because mine's definitely. Or what's a growth edge? Like, so for example, for me, I would say um, it's like almost getting to orgasm, but like not quite. That would be my growth edge. Um, mm. I. No, for me, it would be I'm good at playing it cool. We were talking about this yesterday. Like, I'm good at playing it cool um, and not needing much. And um, it's harder for me to take a be the first person to take a risk and to be vulnerable if I'm not sure the other person's going to meet me there. Because, like, then, like, you were like always a little bit ahead of the curve. And then I could meet you there. Yeah. Right. And so like I, I was I would always be able to be like, OK, cool. That's where we're going. I can do that. I'm very good at meeting people where they are, where they're at in terms of their like emotional vulnerability. But it's harder for me to go. I'm going to be the one to take that leap. Yeah. And go, hey, I don't know how you feel, but this is how I feel. So that would be like a growth edge for me to like develop some. Um, like expand my window of tolerance if we're going to use that language. So window of tolerance meaning that um, I can engage in something that it might be stressful but isn't too so stressful that I'm now dysregulated and in fight or flight um, or going into dissociation and shutdown. But is like, you know, if my window of tolerance is narrow, then I only have a short, range of behaviors that are accessible to me which are either i don't say anything or i make fun of somebody right like that would be my very narrow window of vulnerability 
where versus like being able to expand that window of vulnerability, which is to say like, um, I can talk, I can say, uh, I can name my feelings in a situation, or I can expand that even farther and I can, uh, be the first person to name my feelings, or I can expand that even farther and I can like, um, ask for something, ask for something yeah. or express a need that I have with somebody. And like that would be without it feeling like I'm going to die. Right. Like yeah. that, like my chest is going to explode with panic. Right. So like that would be like you're when you ex- work on expanding your window of tolerance. That's what I mean by your growth edge, I guess, is like where is there an edge where you go? Well, on one side of this, I'm fine. If I attempt this new behavior, I feel myself enter into a totally different nervous system state and is someplace you want to go. I think for me, at least one that I'm, I can think of right now is like feeling like I can take up space and that people won't burn out on me immediately for it. Yeah. Um, which is like that people trusting that people enjoy your company. Yeah. I, I think I have this habit of like, like I could always like, sort of take up space but then afterwards I would feel like ashamed about it and mm-hmm. I would think like that it was like tiring on people and 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 um um so a lot of times I just wouldn't um say anything or if I felt like like there was a chance I was annoying which was like almost never like the case but it was it was um but that's the fear yeah that's the script my brain has has fed to me in that instance um then I would just sort of pull back and I'd be like Unless people show me like explicit, like, and even if they do show interest, like your brain's still going to feed you. So like un taking out that programming and just like putting myself in a space and just trying to be just as myself as possible and trusting that if people want to be around me, they'll, they'll be around me. But then you can like ask people to do shit or. Yeah, you can ask for help. You can be. You don't have to do it all your you don't have to be a lone dinosaur. Yeah. That's the that's the phrase we often yeah, yeah. use is like yeah. I'm I'm in lone dinosaur mode, which it's like is like a land before time seven reference. Where for I all of you land before time fans out there. <laughs> We're deep in the series at that point. <laughs> yeah. <It's a> banger. <laughs> yeah, then oh my ass. <laughs> it's nope. I'm <laughs> You know, gotten a lot of gotten a lot of use lately. I understand why it's smart. not enough. Um. <laughs> oh uh, yeah, we didn't talk about dating together. We didn't, but we love dating together. It is definitely a preference that we um, that we have, but is is not. It's sort of a controversial thing in the not controversial but contentious topic in polling well yeah because i think this is this is a topic for right like this falls into the unicorn unicorn hunting topic which is definitely a conversation for another day but is um oh i have opinions (laughs) but i think that i think we like to date together because we like each other a lot and we like sharing experiences together in this it's a very like best friend like people seem to like it like, it seems like the, sure. the vibe we set is, like, welcoming and not completely self-centered and, like, still incorporates yeah. other, like, human, the other person as well. It's not just you and I. Like, like I feel like we have a pretty good tempo for it. And so it becomes yeah. sort of intuitive and becomes um, just a space I really like to explore with you. Yeah, I think oh. we both are, like, reasonably good at dating and being interested in, in conversation with other people. And so then when we do that together, that's present. 
people then sort of assume that you're going to engage in like this, um, that every relationship you have is going to be um, uh, equal in Don't do that. emotional. Don't fucking do that. Poly does not mean everybody's on an equal footing or like, this is the, here, here's or it's my, supposed to look the same. Here's my take and my take is gospel. Like <laughs> you want people to feel included and feel like they have space with you too. And also we're not going to act like these two relationships where one, you have all of this time and rapport and, and um, relationship developed. And the other one is brand new. We are not going to delude ourselves into acting like they are on the same plane. They're not. Yeah. They're not. So, I mean, like it, I'm not actively looking to perpetuate hierarchies, but there there are established relationships already, and there's a certain amount of prioritization that comes with with that. Yeah, with and nesting with the people that or you with, live with every day. It's yeah, like or just having children. Or, yeah. yeah, no, that's absolutely. But I but I I feel strongly about like giving re, like any relationship, whether it starts out uh, um, in, in any space air to breathe and grow and develop in whatever time frame or like pacing that that makes sense Agreed. for that relationship right yeah. as opposed to like saying well we've now gone on three dates so that has to mean this or that no, that's weird. right but i think there are people who who operate with those types of expectations. If, if we go on three dates, you have to bend me over the hood of your car. <laughs> Are you listening? <laughs> um, but I would say as somebody who's like, there are people that I've matched with who are not kinky at all. And there are people that I've matched with that definitely are. And that one, have a better understanding of like our dynamic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. And um, and have space for that to be as you know as weird as it is, without judgment. Um, and then I th I think that's definitely I think my preference these days is just that like, because I don't know. Well, we've talked about this. Kink requires you oh, in in a lot of instances, in instances where you're negotiating a scene with somebody, or you're like, hey, I think like this is could be something like let's talk about like kind of what our expectations what our wants yeah. are what we're looking to do and find out if we're compatible you're getting into this practice with your brain of like honing in on yeah. the other person yeah. and how their needs and wants and boundaries work and honing in on yourself and how your needs and wants and boundaries work and you're practicing that over and over and over again as you're negotiating scenes or or any kind of play space with another partner. I think that's why kink people tend to to um, have that skill set developed more than um, non-kinky poly people. But I want to put an asterisk next to that because I am basing this on no data whatsoever. And I don't want to... Like, you yeah you can know your shit and not fucking be kinky like I I I'm yeah 